name is Caroline Garnham from boutique law firm Garnham Family Office Services. We protect and preserve the wealth of the world's rich and famous. But having a good lawyer is only part of the solution. My podcast, How to Keep Your Money, draws on my 30 years experience and my extensive network of professional advisors to better inform you. Subscribe to our podcast and learn from the professionals on how to keep your money. This is episode 36 of How to Keep Your Money. I'm Caroline Garnham of Garnham Family Office Services, private client lawyers and specialists in finding solutions for our clients. I'm joined remotely today by Jonathan Gain, founder and chief executive of Stella, an asset manager focused exclusively on investing for now and for the next generation. It is a private client business which seriously joins up the dots when focusing on the client, not the product. Investing for now means not having to give wealth to the next generation today to avoid inheritance tax tomorrow. And investing for the next generation means not having to pay inheritance tax tomorrow either. Jonathan, welcome. You formed, Stella, <laughs> you formed Stella in 2007 to focus on what you call the inheritance economy. Over the next 10 years, it is estimated that £1 trillion will pass to the next generation. And by 2050, this is estimated to rise to £5.5 trillion. This is your specific target market. What do you see as the challenges which Stella addresses by the inheritance economy? Thank you, Caroline. That's a really important question. And I think the undeniable initial response is that without advice, there is the capacity for huge amounts of wealth tax principally inheritance tax, to be levied on these substantial sums of money. So the first point to be aware of is that these clients who are baby boomers and, uh, and younger are, are standing to inherit vast amounts of capital and are going to need help and advice to be able to mitigate uh, and plan for themselves and their families in what to do with this capital. So that for me is the most important thing is where can they go to get that help and to get that advice. And traditionally, as we all know, in this country, uh, we're not good at talking about money with our families and, 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 and so on. So there's an element of the, the ostrich effect where we need to bury our head in the sands and you know hope it moves moves on or somebody else is going to deal some do something about it. So we've got to raise awareness that there's huge amounts of help out there for these families and for these individuals that can help them make suitable plans and take the right advice to be able to deal with this uh, significant sum of wealth. So what we're seeking to do is to help 
those uh, advisors in different walks of life, whether they be uh, accountants or solicitors or private class wealth managers, uh, financial advisors, is that in the first instance, we need to make them aware of the situation, i.e. that this that this is coming. This has been talked about for a while, but it needs to get more understanding. It needs to be talked about to a greater extent. Secondly, we need to focus on education and making people aware of the opportunities that exist to to deal with this influx of wealth. What are the, what is the individuals? What are the families going to do? Who can they turn to for advice and support? And so I think we we are focusing on those two things and have been particularly for the last 12 months around making people aware, helping them understand and thinking about things holistically and working collaboratively. We are all professionals. We've all got qualifications, uh, be they legal qualifications, accountancy qualifications, financial advisory qualifications, whatever they are. We are all professional individuals and much as we like to think, we, we don't know everything and therefore we need to work together because our primary driver is getting the best outcome for clients. And I think in larger firms these days, uh, it's very hard to, to, for individuals, particularly advisors, to, 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 to focus on that as well as they can because these big corporates have different ideas and they're limited in scope and limited in their offering. So with flexibility, with an open mind, uh, with collaboration, there's great opportunity to help these clients plan deal with and mitigate this huge amount of money that's coming. I, I couldn't agree with you more, Jonathan. I totally agree with where you're coming from. I, I would say um, inheritance tax is one challenge which all UK domiciled people need to address if they have plan, plan for a smooth succession of wealth to the next generation. And at 40% tax rate, it's not a tax which should be ignored. Most people, most professionals, as you've as you're been saying, know about the exemption from inheritance tax for gifts made more than seven years before death. But Stella focuses on another often overlooked relief, business property relief. Tell us a bit about this relief and how it works and how Stella makes it work. Certainly. So... Business property relief is is now helpfully called business relief, and but it originally came into legislation in the 1976 Finance Act, and was enacted so that family businesses did not have to break up that family business in order to pay inheritance tax. So a typical situation that you might find is parents running a you know widget making business uh, have done well for many many years and it is a profitable business it's a sustainable business and unfortunately the, the the parents pass on so the value of that business if it has been doing well could be quite substantial and in in, in any event is going to be above the nil rate band so there is the potential for huge amounts of uh, inheritance tax to be paid on the value of that business so business property relief was introduced to enable that business to carry on and therefore 100% in, 
inheritance tax relief was afforded to the value of that business on the basis that it is going to carry on with the new shareholders. So it afforded the, the parents, the owners of that business, to in effect bequeath the shares, the business to others, be that the next generation or whoever it might be, and therefore that successful business could carry on. It would continue contributing to the economy, employing people, paying taxes, VAT, etc. So that's its origins. Um, and what we're looking to do, what we seek to do is in effect to mirror, mimic that exact structure. So we are setting up, in effect, family trading businesses for private clients looking to um, shelter their capital from inheritance tax. So we're looking to create for them a family business. And what they're doing is is asking us uh, and, and our, our expert team of, of, of managers is to look after that wealth rather than them having to get involved in the day-to-day decision-making about those particular types of, types of business. So, yeah. Um, as you just mentioned, and that's a very, very good point that you did mention there, uh, relief is given within the inheritance tax legislation, so it's there written in stone, and it's there to enable wealth creators to pass on their business to the next generation without breaking up the business in having to pay tax, inheritance tax, with, of course, the loss of VAT, loss of jobs, and ongoing production and profits. But as as you know, Jonathan, more than anyone, investing in small to medium-sized businesses is not without risks. What do you do at Stella to keep this investment risk to a minimum? I think there's a number of points here, but the most important one with any form of investment risk, and it's our absolute uh, mandatory requirement, and the first philosophy is diversification. We are looking to offer those clients that invest with us with us significant diversification, and I'll touch on that again in a moment. Secondly, we look to uh, support businesses which are heavily asset backed, so that uh, such as a hotel, uh, a care home, uh, we invest more recently into golf clubs. Uh, and we do a lot of property development as well. So we go into businesses where there's heavy, heavy asset security in order to underpin clients' capital. I think another point is where we where we use this is that we typically uh, buy opportunities off market and look to sell them on market as well. So we're looking to identify opportunities where others perhaps aren't interested or haven't got the depth of coverage into particular markets and then developing those through and looking to sell them onto a market and taking uh, advantage of competitive pressure that could arise from from putting them on and having a, a an auction for example also we work with sector specialists so we bring in specialist management teams if we don't have it in house who have got a particular focus. So we're not trying to say that we, Stella, know everything about every asset class. We work with sector specialists in each of those uh, asset classes in which we invest. And I think finally, 
as a headline point is is also equally important is that we place a great deal of store in giving our clients a, a, a priority return so that the first return is going to those investors who have clearly put up hard-earned, hard-saved money, and we're giving them the priority return, uh, which uh, uh, passes, if you like, return risk onto our partners onto our, and onto ourselves to make sure that we're doing all we can to focus on generating return through that diversified process. And I think at the moment, there's a just a quick couple of examples I would you know, like to mention to highlight here. So at the moment, we are we are selling a number of considerable number of forests, which hopefully are completing sale any day today. We bought them all off market, uh, a mixture in Scotland and in Wales, and we sold them through an estate agent, uh, an experienced forestry estate agent, I should say. And um, we are very pleased with the outcome and it's going to generate substantial returns. Uh, for investors and my only other point uh, Caroline was was highlighting that earlier this year despite being locked down and and a difficult world for us all again we've managed to 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 sell a hotel that we've owned up in Scotland again uh, for five years and we've worked through a redevelopment program at the hotel over that five years look to improve its offering look to improve uh, all aspects of the hotel and, and, and raising the standard and which was previously an unloved uh, sort of seaside Scottish golf resort hotel and very pleased to have almost doubled investors money over the over the time that we've held it uh, and without taking you know a great deal of risk insofar as it's an asset we can generate capital here we can we can put in management teams that can improve revenue uh, control costs and generally really work hard to, to generate value for investors. I'd like to pick up on something you said earlier, Jonathan. You said that you buy assets and then take them to the market and to sell them on off the market. You've recently engaged Stephen English, who is mm. experienced in investing in AIM companies. AIM is alternative investment market companies. He said about joining Stella that he was pleased to be joining a highly dynamic firm which has an unwavering focus on the results it achieves for clients. Tell me a little bit about Stephen's investment philosophy. Well, we were very pleased to to recruit Stephen. He has a he has a great name in in the AIM uh, space. And has a and has an excellent track record, and that track record has been built up by, as you say, a very good investment philosophy. And he breaks it down into three areas. Firstly, there's a quantitative uh, approach. Secondly, a qualitative uh, aspect to his philosophy, and thirdly, there's a there's a psychological aspect as well. So, in respect of the quantitative element, which he broadly places 30% of his store of value by is looking at those typical company metrics such as profitability and balance sheet strength and its ability and the company's ability to generate free cash flow in the qualitative side you know he's looking for things like uh, integrity the incentives and, and and generally the intelligence of the company and the board of directors there how they allocate capital um, whether that's organic cash generation inorganic whether they've got a clear 
a dividend policy or a share buyback policy. And then he's also looking for long-term outperformance of that company uh, in its particular market. And he places a little bit greater store on the psychological aspects, which I find quite quite interesting. And in his presentation that he talks to talks to clients about is this there's this perception versus reality uh, and I think we've all got examples of uh, you know two people with different interpretations of a particular statement a particular sentence or, or, or a particular strategy and so then there's a huge amount of due diligence that's done to uh, you know make sure that reality is, is is firmly understood so in the end Stephen's looking for two types of company to fit into to, to our aim portfolio for clients that are either going to be uh, what he calls active, uh, sorry, value stocks or or growth stocks, and um, he's looking for attributes in, in 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 these companies, and 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 again in his presentation he talks a lot about a little bit being like an artist and blending with these various attributes in 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 companies on aim, and looking to identify those companies which are capable of generating value. Um, either because they're in a growth cycle or because they're in a value cycle, i.e. They're, they're, they're perceived to be cheap at this moment, or we perceive them to be cheap at this moment in time. And finally, he places um, sort of a great deal of store at a, at a particular size of company. And at the moment, it's it's a focus on companies quoted on AIM, which have a market capitalization of under 200 million. And uh, it's... They are clearly still significant companies, but there are clearly much larger companies on AIM, uh, some over a billion pounds in market cap. But what he sees is that there is there's huge amounts of arbitrage there in 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 buying these smaller companies when they're under the radar. Uh, they're much less picked up by by corporate brokers. And as ever, I think, Caroline, with all the things that, that, that we do, it's about doing your research. It's about doing that due diligence and really working hard for for clients and undertaking you know huge amounts of analysis to be comfortable that you're that you're making the right decision so again lots about diversification again his portfolio is 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 very well diversified so that is a, a recurring theme for us about investment diversification is 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 our number one uh, rule there so we've looked now at the investment philosophy and the of Stephen uh, English, and we've also looked at the type of investments and diversification. Let's now turn to the client. Um, you're passionate about putting clients at the centre of everything you do at Stella, which means you want to be totally transparent about fees and charges, which is music to most clients' ears, and you want to provide best value for your clients. Tell us a little bit about what this means at Stella in practice. Well, I think first of all, I think all in it, it, financial services would would recognise that we could do better in in being clear about what how we charge and how we are uh, defining our management and our custodian ship of, of of clients money so financial services has quite rightly in the past had a had a a weak reputation for treating customers fairly and of course the regulator has 
done quite a lot of work in in helping to bring that forward. But that is still, I think, very much work in progress and 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 uh, the TCF initiative of many years ago and you know MIFID two uh, had some impact. But there are still various um, loopholes, if you like, or funds or portfolio services that don't get caught by these by these particular rules. So what we've sought to do at all times is to say that, well, notwithstanding what the FCA might want uh, larger uh, firms to do, we're just going to do it from, from from the start. So we, as you say, we've always been clear about how we charge. And we've been, I think, one of the early adopters of, of a, uh, a, an organization that, that is working very hard in this sector, the Transparency Task Force, because we believe that we've got to put the, the the client at the center of everything we do and we've got to be working hard because we recognize it's their money and we recognize that we've got to deliver them the best outcome for them so we might sit here and say we could be bigger or we could be potentially more profitable from charging greater fees but our interests are dis are, are, are not aligned with those who have placed great store and great capital with us so we try to keep it very very simple think about what we would like to see with our money, how we would like to be treated, uh, and disclosing what we charge in a fair and reasonable way, having everything in, in, in the documentation, not hiding it, not calling it something else that it shouldn't be. So, you know, we we operate in three simple ways. We 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 charge a fee for helping them raise the money and structure their company, we charge a management fee, and if we outperform then there's a there's a there's a performance fee but that priority return comes comes to investors so we like to think that or certainly my philosophy is that you know i've set this business up we're regulated uh i want to be able to sleep at night and to say that we've done the absolute best outcome for clients morning noon and night and that's really really important to me so it's just about putting the client at the center putting uh putting their hat on and saying, right, how would I like to see this work? What's the best outcome for me? And, and, and that's central to our, to our philosophy. You mentioned there that you set up the company, that this is your vision. Um, you graduated from Bournemouth University in 1993 with a BA in accountancy and mm. joined Brothers where you became finance director in 1998 and then managing director in 2005. What made you leave a nice cosy position uh, where you were, uh, to set up Stella in 2007? Lovely, lovely question. It was a long time ago, university, but uh, moving, moving on, it's, I think Close Brothers was a, fantastic place for uh, a, a developing financial services business over the time that i was there the financial services or the investment division of the group expanded quite significantly and what the attraction at the time was that each business was left to focus on its own clients with little uh, interference if you like or direction from group and that you were again focused on doing the, the the best outcome for clients and making sure that that was a a, a, a pivotal uh, value. 
So as Close Brothers got bigger, the investment division got bigger, a new team was brought in and what they wanted to do was in effect uh, bring all those investment businesses together so that you know we could all talk about the synergies of hedge funds and tax efficient investments and private client wealth portfolio. So it ended up being a direction in which I wasn't comfortable uh, in going in and I wanted to get back to focusing on doing one thing well uh, and therefore made the decision to leave and after a bit of traveling uh, set up Stella to to focus on doing you know tax efficient investing you know it's a singular focus it's a singular strategy to to the best of our ability so I took away the cool values that that, that Close Brothers had instilled, which as a you know an independent merchant bank were hugely valuable. Valuable things like probity, things like integrity. You know, again, repeating myself a little bit, but doing the right thing by by, by the clients was really really important. So, setting up Stella was an ability to get back into that uh, area, being control of your destiny, and therefore have the opportunity to pitch your you know your fund management business, your asset management business, in metrics that that you believe in, uh, that you believe clients will understand, that you believe advisors will understand. Keep it simple, as I say. Focus on one particular area, which which is this tax efficient market. And you know we like to think we're doing a lot of things right, and we can continue to do better. But it's been hugely exciting, and hugely uh, uh, as it is for any uh, owner managed business, hugely. Uh, up and down over the years, particularly uh, FCA regulation in, in in early years has been significantly changeable, which has which has had an impact. Uh, but it's been an exciting journey, and even during lockdown, it's probably been our been our busiest year, and the company continues to grow. So, we I'm very pleased and proud of the the, the team that we have, and we're growing from, from from strength to strength. So, I'm hugely excited about the opportunities for the for the future, and you know, keep doing the right things by by, by clients, and uh, that is going to stand us in good stead today and and into the future as well. It's been a real pleasure talking to you, Jonathan, and to meet a like minded, like minded soul in the private client industry, looking after the interests of clients. You say this year has been the probably one of the best years you've had despite COVID nineteen. And the difficulties faced by businesses, you know, you've got uh, businesses with clients, investments with furloughed staff working from home. In my opinion, small to medium sized businesses need all the help they can get to keep afloat, keep going and keep employment up. Your investment philosophy and focus on clients will help redistribute cash to where it is currently needed the most vulnerable businesses. I wish Stella and you, Jonathan, every success in the forthcoming year. Thank you very much indeed. Goodbye.